0: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Sitting In, the podcast where I get to sit down and have a chat and hang out with some of my favourite musicians and friends. And it's impossible to deny the fact that black American music has been the catalyst for all of these conversations, whether that be through uh, genres like jazz, funk, soul, R&B, blues, or from a perspective that was Developed through these art forms, maybe um, improvisation or songwriting, and so I've been taking the time to educate myself in these matters, and you should too. So what I've done is left a couple of resources in the description of this podcast. Uh, so please check them out if you if you haven't already. And it's important to remember that change happens with yourself first. So make sure you've you've done some reading. You know, really educate yourself in this matter. And together, we can make a difference. A couple of months ago, at the beginning of lockdown, I got to sit down with my friend Ross Campbell and just generally catch up, talk about YouTube, his life, and yeah, it was a really fun chat. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy episode 10.
1: Hey man, how's it going? Good man, it's good to see you, even though we uh, live like a 15 minute walk away from each other. (laughs) We're doing yeah it's funny Skype. yeah i
0: know i always like i always tell people who are kind of asking about the online thing you know do you know anybody else in edinburgh who's doing it and i was like oh you should check out ross's page and right. people often forget that we're like we are like 15 minutes away from each other and yeah. we've only hung out like what four times <laughs> i know yeah
1: it's only like recently that we started to hang out i think i like followed you on instagram for the first time and it must have been 2016 and i saw in your bio that you were like also from edinburgh and i was like oh cool someone in edinburgh is also doing this and then yeah, yeah we didn't meet for like two <laughs> yeah like we didn't meet for like two years after that i don't think um but yeah, yeah it's yeah, funny though because
0: like yeah you've been in you've been in my sort of circle for a long time kind of on the peripheral i think we've both been on like the opposite end of each other's like sort of circle and sure way. yeah because you yeah. studied at the other college mm-hmm. and i knew you or I knew off you through people I know at that course. Right. And it's funny how the scene works. That's kind of mm-hmm. what happens. And you see each other at like a jam or something like this. Yeah. It's like, oh, right, cool. You're actually a human and you can do what you're doing. Like, yeah, you know, for sure. I've had yeah. a few people like at jam sessions being like, oh, yeah, I saw you on Instagram, but it's like, it's cool to see you in real life. And mm-hmm. people often forget. It's like, well, yeah, of course. Like, I'm, we're yeah. all doing real shit, like in the shops getting groceries. and
1: <laughs> Of course, yeah. You're not some... Uh- like cgi animation on instagram just yeah yeah
0: but yeah cool man so you um are pretty much we were just saying this in fact what i want you to do is this might be quite funny so we're both self-employed right Mm -hmm. and on the self-employment like sort of thing that you register for you kind of tell them what you do so are you registered as a youtuber or are you registered just as like a musician what's Uh, your job title
1: i think just musician because when I registered as self-employed, I mean, that must have been three years ago right now, and that was that was definitely kind of probably just a few mo- months before um, I actually started doing YouTube full-time. So I think I just... And I, I was doing wedding band gigs primarily, so I think I just registered as musician. Maybe I can change it, though.
0: Yeah, cool. So huge congratulations on hitting 100K. Like that's, uh, a that's lot, a sh- man. Massive milestone, and I know through speaking to you, but also through consuming your content, how much hard work's gone into that. And thank you, it's you deserve every single sort of piece of success that you're getting. So, really well done with that. Appreciate it. And yeah, it's also great to see someone in particularly in Edinburgh who's like going for the online thing because I know I started doing Instagram a while ago and. I mean I wouldn't say I've let it slip but it's definitely not like my primary focus in -hmm. terms of work but to see you kind of just like really going forward with it's it's really fantastic and I was just wondering before we do get into the the nitty-gritty of YouTube life maybe you could reflect on like what are some highlights
1: of the last how long have you been doing YouTube three years? I've been doing it Well, well we'll get into this but I mean I've been mostly teaching guitar which is on, on youtube for three years and teaching guitar is the thing that's gotten me to the point i'm at now so yeah i would i would say three years is how long i've been doing it full time
0: cool so what are some highlights from like the last three years that might be like uh trips that you've been on because of youtube or anything sure. surrounding that
1: um oh man there's quite a few um most of them probably re- revolve around trips to america like getting to go to the the winter nam show last january january 2019 um i was always like a dream of mine when i was like 15 to get to one day go to the to the nam show because i would you know would watch all the the videos online of the, all the gear coming out and uh seeing all these like celebrity musicians you know coming together for that so i always wanted to go there and uh, i finally got to do that last january and um you know the connections i made and the people i met on that trip um that that was like the the best part about about doing the trip it wasn't going to see new guitars and stuff obviously Mm -hmm. um we see new guitars every day but yeah just meeting people like there was a there was like a gathering one night of um just a whole bunch of of youtube musicians and then uh just musicians in general and uh one of the guys there was tim pierce and i had been watching tim on youtube for years and so like i saw him and i was like oh shit i need to go and say hi to tim uh and so i did i went and introduced myself and we're all wearing our name badges and stuff and i said oh hey tim uh, my name's ross i just wanted to say i'm a big fan of your channel blah 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 and uh he looked at my badge and he says oh i know who you are i watch your videos and i'm like what that's crazy um awesome. so anyway we got to talking and uh exchanged numbers and he was like how long are you going to be in california for and i said i think i was I was there for like a few days after the show and so we eventually uh organized a meet up i got to go over to his house um we filmed a video together in his like room where he's got his big you know production console that Station. Space yeah spaceship that you've seen in all the videos um and I got to sit and just jam with him and and uh talk about I mean we we actually had like a really good conversation about um just careers um just our, our careers in music and on YouTube uh before we recorded the video so that was that was really special like getting advice from someone like that uh so that's a definite highlight um getting to meet Tim Pierce and then oh, there's just so many guitar players I've had the pleasure of meeting that I've mm. admired from a long time that and I wouldn't have met them if I hadn't been uh, active on YouTube in the past three years. So,
0: Awesome, great. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty cool experience. And I know a lot of people go to Nam for like the, the consumption side of it. But mm. I think when you see through that, it's largely a networking opportunity. And if yeah. you can go there with that in mind, uh, you will probably get way more out of the experience definitely um, definitely for sure so you studied uh you got a degree in music a few years ago mm-hmm. i think you probably graduated the same year as me it and... was
1: 2017 yeah cool yeah. nice
0: so around that time you know we're we're thinking about our lives in a big way it's like what am i gonna do with music how can i uh well pay my rent and all mm-hmm. that kind of like adult stuff after you you know you have to think about that when you finish your degree and I know for a fact there's certain things that I'm doing with my life right now that I would never even thought were possible when I just finished my degree, and so I'm wondering what was the process for you from sort of finishing your degree and then converting into becoming someone who does music full time? What was that process like for you?
1: Yeah, um so, like I was saying, I graduated in two thousand and seventeen and in two thousand and sixteen. I formed a wedding band with a bunch of friends that I was studying with, and we joined this um, agency who would get us gigs. And I think we we played a few gigs towards the end of two thousand sixteen, and then we had some at the start of the year, from like January to up until like April or May, which is kind of when we graduated, I think. And so I remember, like, I remember very clearly, like, making it a goal of mine. I think at the end of 2016 I said to myself, I wasn't gonna get another uh part-time job in the service industry. Not that there's anything wrong with that, it's just I've done plenty of those jobs and um I was planning on on pursuing YouTube at that time and I just wanted to to go for it. And and so when I was when I was doing the the wedding band gigs. Uh, I wasn't active on YouTube at that point but what I was doing um to to help me not have to get another uh, service job again was I was saving all the gig money uh that I made and I was setting that aside for like the winter of 2017 because we had a bunch of gigs in the summer so I knew I was going to be uh fine for wedding gigs uh over the summer but then as is the case with a lot of wedding bands their the calendars clear up around October time, and so um yeah, I saved up as much money as I could. I had released uh a guitar my first guitar course in the summer of two thousand and seventeen, and that's when I started doing YouTube lessons regularly, but I wasn't getting a lot of views i mean. I'd I'd get excited if I got 400 views on a single video after like 2 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um and so it was getting to it must have been like October 2017. I would, the gigs were starting to dry up and I was starting to dip into that money that I'd saved up earlier in the year and I was thinking, oh shit, I'm going to have to start putting a CV together and and going around to cafes and, you know, get trying right. to get a pub job. Um, that's what it was looking like, and very, very luckily, I uploaded a a John Mayer lesson in October, and that for some reason got like I think it was around eighty thousand views in a week, and as a result of that, um, because of how, how how I produced the video, I I kind of I spoke about the the theory behind this. Uh, John Mayer improvisational concept, and I linked that to uh, topics that I was teaching in my first online course. So as a result of all those views, I started seeing like real sales coming in for my course, and I was like, "Oh right, things are starting to kind of turn around now. Maybe I should do another video." So I did another video. I did uh, some Jimi Hendrix thing um, on triads, and then that took off as well, and again more sales started to come in so yeah that's that's the moment when things just kind of turn around and I uh and I just started pursuing YouTube full-time so that was kind of the process of me um approaching graduation saving up money from wedding gigs uh getting through all my wedding gigs panicking a little bit and then uh luckily having YouTube take off
0: yeah nice so as a fellow. A uh, freelance musician, I, it can all. I know what it can be like. You know, month to month, like just trying to like. Oh, finally, I got something booked in the next two months, so I know yeah. that something's going to be happening. And then you get these regular things that come up. But I guess it it must have been very motivational for you at that time in your life to like start getting sales and conversions on that mm-hmm. uh, sort of passive income that you just or that that piece of content that you had made for the passive income. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's really cool to. So of hear how that started from you know you've been like a a wedding band player who was um you know scared for the winter coming yeah and then luckily thanks to the the algorithm or your hard work or a bit of both and I yeah, don't know yeah um something just took off. Do you find that YouTube's very much like that? You know some videos are just like meh, and then you get one that takes off, and it's every like couple of months it gives you a wee boost.
1: Definitely, man. My my views on YouTube are so just up and down um i don't know i i haven't had a video like take off like that in a long time well actually no i that's a lie i had one recently that that did quite well it was the one on what was it it was like the the three exercises to try the next time you practice i did that cool. i think that must mean like a month or two ago but that's the only video i've had in like a long time that's like noticeably um i would hesitate to say gone viral but uh from my scale of what viral is that's that's the uh that's the only one that's done that recently um yeah but yeah it it, it is often the case that and i I speak about this with other youtubers as well it's like there's so many videos that i've made that i've been really proud of and i've been really excited to put out and i've thought oh this is the one that's going to do so well and then it just doesn't Mm -hmm. and um unfortunately that's just that's just the way it is it's um yeah, who knows how the algorithm works. Um, it's, I don't even think YouTube
0: nah. know. They probably just put this weird equation together in a yeah. spreadsheet and are like, that's it for this year. Yeah, that'll do uh, it. Let's just yeah. see how they get on. Yeah. yeah. But I think a lot of people, particularly those who are not involved in content creation, whether that be YouTube or Instagram or whatever social media, TikTok, <clears throat> <laughs> um, they don't seem to realize... They'll see that, like, say you get, uh, like, over 10K on a video they'll think oh my god that's that's loads but then Mm -hmm. if you think about like your your most viewed video we always have that upwards comparison that's like oh i i used to get like on every video on instagram easily 30k in like a day like that was just straightforward happened every time now it's like 2k or something and it's like the views are just so random and yeah from from our perspective we see that dip like or that uprise like very uh it's very obvious yeah but i think to people consuming the content they don't realize at all but i think that can definitely mess with like your enjoyment and like how rewarding you find the work to be because i know from my side of things with instagram there was like a a huge shift that happened when i was getting like easy like i was getting like 90k sometimes on instagram videos which Mm -hmm. is like massive i've not had that for for ages and Something just happened one day, and it was around the time they did shift all the algorithms, and everybody's freaking out. And since then, it's like I'm not gonna lie; it's been like downhill, like straight since then. And it kind of makes you feel like, oh, is it worth even making this video? Mm. Because like, if you want to put serious effort into it, like you do, it's a job, and you're spending like hours, like every Mm day, maybe four or five days a week on it, and yeah i'm wondering how how has it kind of affected you this the ebb and flow of uh i guess views in a way because that's what makes the uh in a way that's kind of how we judge if a piece of content is successful although i understand as a human that's not the best way to do it you know it's like are people receiving value did i give value that should be enough but
1: yeah um yeah i think I think that is probably the best way to judge it is what what are people saying in the comments um are people messaging you saying, Oh, I really learned a lot from this video. If so, then you know my job is is kind of done and if it gets like a load of views, then that's great and if I get a lot of you know new subscribers from it, that's awesome too um but yeah, I think I learned like a long time ago that um just trying to constantly one up myself in terms of views solely is it's kind of pointless and it's i don't know you you don't want to chase views you want to you want to consistently up your game in terms of the actual content you're putting out like you don't want to resort to like clickbaity things this is more talking in terms of youtube than instagram but um i there's a lot of guitar channels out there that you know injects you know kind of like humor into their videos i used to think i had to like try and do that myself to kind of fit in and also get those those types of views um but that's just not who i am like naturally so i don't i don't try to do that um i just yeah just just focus on making the the best content that i can really and yeah just try, try not to to uh, worry about the views so much because it's put it this way like I always I've always believed in in not stressing out over things that you just can't control, like mm. this situation right that we're in right now. Like nobody control it, so like sitting at home crying about it is gonna do nothing. Same with YouTube. I I have no control. I mean I can do things like make a fancy thumbnail. I can you know make a catchy title, create a um a description with all the keywords and stuff that's as much as i can do to influence how well the video is, is going to do but other than that i have it's, it's really up to the youtube gods if it does <laughs> well or not so um yeah try not to i try not to just constantly um beat myself up if if a video doesn't do well and i think it yeah. i should have
0: I think a lot of people get tied down in sort of like their self-worth being like their online presence as well yeah. and it can be that can be super damaging because you know if nobody's viewing your stuff then what does that mean you are in mm. real life and it's it's very sad and I've been through periods of time where I've just kind of stopped doing like or just stopped posting content because I stop enjoying it because people aren't engaging and then I start thinking like am I doing anything like like maybe people just don't want to hear what I'm doing and mm-hmm. it can put you into a, a bit of spiral and I'm wondering are there any without going into too much depth, but are there any kind of periods of your your time in the last three years where you felt like, man, I don't want to do this because it's just felt maybe not worth your time or?
1: Um I wouldn't say I've ever felt like I, I wanted to stop doing it um but there's there's definitely times where I've felt like I mean this is kind of veering off from the subject of of views and stuff but there's definitely times where I've noticed that I spend more time on creating content than I do on actually playing guitar and getting good at guitar and here's the thing getting good at guitar is what gets me the views like that. Like I wouldn't have a channel if I wasn't a good guitar player, um, and and it's so easy to just lose sight of of what uh, what got you there in the first place. Um, and so yeah, I, that that sometimes uh, that plays on my mind a lot. I'm so glad you're saying this,
0: man, because I think mm. a lot of people will feel the same. And yeah like I'm I'm smiling but almost in a way that's like I know what you're talking about and we mm-hmm. have actually spoken about this I I just forgotten and I'm so glad yeah you brought this up because there's definitely been periods of my life when because I again I started getting work because of social media like mm-hmm. I teach people and that helps me get students and yeah I'd spend more time like worrying about like trying to make a I don't... My content's simple because I I just improvise it all. I don't... Mm -hmm. I I never plan stuff. I might have to plan like a backing track and make it. Yep. But I usually just stick the camera on and play it and I'll take like a minute of it. But that started getting kind of more in-depth because I was using my camera and then a mic and then thinking about how it might my amp pop and all that kind of stuff. And all that time was taken away from me progressing as a musician. Yeah. And yeah, it's like how do you now because i know you're like into practicing again or mm-hmm. at least it, yeah like, we've had a chat about that and what what is your current situation in terms of how do you separate time for creation versus time for or sorry time for content creation we'll keep that distinguished between like musical creation because you know it's like sure. work and then like your your passion and then like practice you know what's that kind of
1: how does that look for you how do you keep sure. the balance um i kind of treat practice like i would treat the gym it's like something i have to do first thing otherwise i'm not going to do it like if i start working on a video and i get heavily invested in it for hours on end and then i finish it like at the end like i feel exhausted not physically but like mentally i'm like oh cool like i just finished like work for the day um and that work is revolved around uh you know playing guitar essentially in videos and in editing video editing guitar videos so i don't really want to look at a guitar once i've finished um making a video but if i fit my practice in first thing in the morning and i just um yeah just separate uh my view of the guitar um what am i trying to say basically if i if i just essentially if i just practice first thing in the morning that keeps uh, the guitar from feeling like a work tool and um it makes me think of it as more as more of uh what it actually is which is just you know something i enjoy doing mm-hmm. uh every day so um yeah i think practicing first thing uh you know in the morning is is the best way to go about that and then later in the day then it's time for work then it's time for content creation
0: nice and so what Let's take a small sort of digression, actually. What kind of mm-hmm. things are you practicing right now? I'm just intrigued because we've spoken about, like,
1: some ideas together in the past. Sure. Um You know, I don't actually have a routine at the minute. That's still something I'm kind of... You are
0: quite big on routines, aren't you? Because when we spoke, well... you'd spoken about how when you were in uni, you had this
1: thing and you'd done it yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I did... When I when I was at uni, I had very specific routines that I'd write out and kind of adapt to each day depending on how much time I had to practice. Um, so sometimes that would be 30 minutes, sometimes that would be three hours, sometimes it would be, you know, close to 10, rarely. But if I had that much time in the day, then I would do that when I was at uni. Um, now, I don't know if, like, a specific routine is is something that i i actually want to do or if it's something that i need to do mm-hmm. um because i i did yeah we spoke about this before um i did go back and revisit some of my old routines and i started working my way through them but they just felt so stale because i you know i'd done them so many times um so i'm kind of in the process of just looking for new things to practice and that's why i came to you for Uh, a couple of lessons on the on the jazz blues stuff um so i'm working a bit on that and then uh, looking into new books and stuff Um, i'm just trying to find i'm I'm in the process of trying to find new things to practice that i could potentially put into a routine and then improvisation is a big part as well like sometimes i'll 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 just pick up i won't do any um, of my fretboard memorization stuff or even any of the the triad stuff that we looked at, but I'll just pick up and throw on some uh, blues backing tracks on Spotify. And I'm treating that like practice because it is, it's, uh, you know, you're developing your, your improvisational game that way. So some some days I will just do that.
0: Yeah, great. No, I was wondering if there was like a space in your, your daily uh, life, I guess for creativity, Mm -hmm. because I think the way you described your guitar practice as being almost like a workout, like the gym, like, it seems like it's very methodical and, like, precise. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, for me, if if I only, and this is just me, but if I only practice that side of music, I just feel like uh, I'm missing, like, one side of the coin. Like, yeah. I should really be, like, putting something out with that. Not necessarily content. I mean, like, the uh, creative, I don't know, just, like, energy, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to do something with that. Otherwise, it's just, like, it gets stagnant.
1: Yeah. Um. Another thing I will say is that Although I said um, when I'm practicing, I try not to think of that as like work. At the same time, I do try to think of it as work because if I if I don't practice, I'm not going to develop any new ideas, which are ideas that could lead to a new video. You know, mm-hmm. like if I if I'm imp- practicing improvisation and I come up with a cool lick, um, that could lead to me teaching that on YouTube or or lead to new ideas for like a new course or or something like that um so yeah i try to tell myself like uh if i if i'm if i'm worrying about like getting a new video out and i'm thinking oh i don't have time to practice today I try to sell, tell myself no you do have time to practice today because mm-hmm. that is that is work essentially that's that's what's gonna you know keep you being able to do this for a long time so
0: yeah so and if anybody's or maybe we can like do a little bit of advising here because I think you'll know whether it's looking at music stuff on YouTube or, I don't know, photography or learn video editing, whatever it may be. There's a lot of, there's a lot of crap out there. Like, mm-hmm. let's face it, the internet is amazing, but it's a free marketplace that, like, anybody can put out information. Sure. And there's, there's a couple of questions that may come out of this, but I think one thing that I see as, like, a, a guitar teacher who, like... You know I really enjoy that, and I invest a lot of my like energy into being good at what I do. I see a lot of people on YouTube who are like just sort of half arse in it, you know, and that's what I like about your page is that you don't do that, and I'm wondering, can you recommend if there's someone who's like maybe just starting to check out guitar or maybe they're a bit more advanced or intermediate, whatever it may be, but they're looking for resources on YouTube specifically' because I'm not mm-hmm. hip to that scene as much as you are. Are there any pages you'd um can I recommend them checking out, obviously yourself, but
1: um just to cut through like No, just a lot just of the just me. Crap. Just
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> just Ross. <raw. Cool>. Um,
1: <laughs> um Hmm. That's a good question. Well You it's must have some mates that you want to shout out. Sure, yeah. Um let me just go and take a look at who I'm subscribed to on YouTube because um my mind is running blank right now. <laughs> and here's the thing is like i I try also to not watch too much guitar content on YouTube um for a couple of reasons like one is that I don't like to you know be influenced into how I would teach a particular concept like if for example if I have an idea for a lesson I won't search for it on YouTube to see if someone else has already done that, because I want to just have my own unique approach to it. And then the other reason is that I guess just because it kind of feels like work and I need a break from guitar. But mm-hmm. I'm just looking at my subscriber or the list of people I'm subscribed to right now. Uh, Tom Quayle is mm-hmm. uh, one of the teachers that that I first kind of discovered online. He's probably one of the first people that I ever bought an online course from. Um, I think his instructional content is just fantastic. He's an amazing teacher, an incredible player, obviously. Um, Rick Beato's guitar lessons are are great. I think he's teaching things that nobody else really is teaching on YouTube. Um, that's kind of an obvious shout-out. I think everyone knows who Rick is. I could say Paul mm. Davids. You know, everyone knows who Paul Davids is. Um trying to think of, like, lesser-known players on the platform
0: um well i mean if you're listening just go and check out ross's place (laughs) his channel is a really great place to start for sure there's something for everybody there and when it comes to sort of creating content that may be digestible for everybody Mm because you know on youtube it's like uh you have to know what you can teach you know because you're not going to be doing lessons on some rage like classical technique because that's not what you do is it yeah so you work within your lane and you kind of explore that further so when it comes to considering a piece of content that you may want to create right because people need to realize this is kind of like someone going into like a manager of a company going into the office first thing in the morning thinking what we're going to do this week or Mm -hmm. i guess if you're a manager you're probably thinking months ahead but what is that? What is that process like for you in terms of an idea becoming a video? It's a very long one, I imagine, huh?
1: Yeah. Um, or is that a
0: spur of moment thing, or do you have like uh, bullet points for the next three months? I'm gonna do a video on this, that, and the next thing.
1: No, I don't. I don't really plan that far ahead, um, as much as as I would like to have the mental capacity to sit down, script like. Six videos at once, and then just go and film them all, and then edit them all, and schedule upload them. Um, when I get an idea for a video, I, what I've doing, what I've started doing recently is I'll think of a title for the video first. Oh right. Yeah, like I'll I'll try and visualize a thumbnail and a title first, and then from there, I'll I'll write a script based on that, and then the the script writing. I mean, that can take, probably takes like up to like three hours to, depending on what the subject is and how involved I, I get into it. It takes, probably takes, so about you three do, hours. You, re- you read a script like as you yeah. oh wow. Yeah, every single video. Um, Actually, the last two, I did those lockdown licks recently and those were unscripted, but I had to shoot them each like three times because I would just, I would get, too like deep into the into the theory um right. and I'm trying to make those as just like fun like under 10 minute long videos that are are quick to watch for people at home um sorry what was the question again <laughs> I just uh lost my train oh, of thought there what was the question I I've actually Oh what just what, it what well. the pro- what the process is of like getting an idea for a video right <laughs> yes uh I'm back I've got it um so yeah <laughs> I I have an idea I Try to think, try and think of a title and thumbnail. Or I won't make the thumbnail first, but I'll I'll just visualize it in my mind, and then from there I'll write a script, and then I will I'll usually time it. I'll like I'll rehearse it, and depending on how long it is, I might you know cut it down. Um, if I decide that I'm just talking way too much, um, it's kind of hard to find that balance between being in depth and thorough and then also making like an enjoyable quick youtube video to watch you, you, you just can't win with some people they're like oh you're rambling on too much you could describe this in five minutes and then other people obviously they need the additional information um so it's hard to find that balance and then yeah from there like once the script is done i'll i'll look at it and work out how many actual clips do i need from this Start filming edit and that's uh that's that's pretty much it when i'm filming as well i like to film in in uh, separate chunks so like usually i'll say i i, I do a, a lesson like i i just did yesterday on youtube where i had like an opening section with a sort of solo where i'm playing over a backing track um what and then there's a, a section where like you're just like watching me talk at the camera and then there's also a guitar shot so what I'll do is, like, I'll film the intro first, which is just me me maybe playing a, a solo or demonstrating a lick over a backing track. I'll, find, I'll film that, take the footage and the audio, um, throw that into Final Cut, and then edit that. And then I'll go back and film me talking at the camera, um take the footage and audio from that, and then edit that. And then if there's another bit... um Yeah, I like to do it, like, separately. I don't like to film everything at once, which is what I used to do, and then uh edit all that in in one go because it i don't know it it it's easy to kind of burn out if you're just editing for like 8 hours on end and i think that filming things separately and then well yeah just filming editing filming editing it just helps it feel fresh That's a me.
0: fantastic tip like for sure i'd never even thought about that as an option for you know if you are creating a longer piece of content mm-hmm. like well you can make it's almost like you're making short videos and piecing them all together as one big like, yeah. uh,
1: piece of work. It's also good if, you, like, if, you, if you've made a mistake and you've filmed mm-hmm. like, you know, 20, 30 minutes of content and you only discover that you've made the mistake after you've imported all the footage and then like, packed away all your camera gear. You're like, oh, ah, yeah. damn it, I need to go and do that again. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it's, it's good for that as well.
0: Cool, nice. So what was I going to say? oh no it's just escaped me what were you just talking about ross
1: <laughs> uh so we were talking about the i guess the process of me having a oh an yeah idea yeah for cool. a video and then right so
0: do you aim for any specific time for your videos like not upload i mean like the
1: duration right um yeah i think sh- like i think seven to eight minutes is like the sweet spot on youtube it seems like the videos oh, really? that I've done well on my channel are a- around that that kind of length. Um, I think so, anyway. Sometimes I don't know, because then you could have a f- a 15-minute video that does really well. Yeah. Um. But never more than 15? No, I mean, uh, well, I mean, I did a... Uh, so I did quite an in-depth uh, John Mayer thing recently, and that was... Let, let me look and see. That was approaching 25 minutes right um but i think yeah up to 15 minutes is is seems to be what most of my my videos are that's the kind of that's the range um Mm. but i think shorter videos are are better for for youtube because everyone's got decreasing attention spans these days
0: yeah so if we say on average a video is like say 12 minutes right or yeah yeah that's probably what What, um how I know it's gonna be is is gonna vary, but given that you've been doing it for a wee while now, you must have some sort of workflow in place. Like for example, the record, edit, record, edit. That's really Mm -hmm. interesting. But I'm wondering how long, roughly again, roughly, uh, would this take? You know, like the process of idea, finished product.
1: Is it a day or is it a week? Um it's probably for like a twelve minute video I'd say because i'm quite bad at procrastinating i'd say it'd be three days right but but how do i don't know if that i mean it would it would all happen over the course of three days but yeah it's not full days no if but if i was like a robot and i could just like sit and and do everything like you know in one go it probably amount to let me think For the scripting and the filming, you know the filming, including all the setup time and testing out different camera shots and stuff. That that probably takes about six hours, and then editing, I would say, probably takes, I don't know, anywhere up hmm. to eight hours for that, because there's also other things that I do outside of editing, like making tabs, um, making fretboard diagrams. Right. And then obviously throwing all that stuff into Final Cut and making that look good, and then adding in titles and color grading, and um, yeah, it can be a lot. Uh, I'd say, yeah, yeah, pro- probably around like six hours for scripting, and then filming everything, and then yeah, another say another eight for for editing.
0: So we could say like maybe
1: just up to 16 hours work. yeah but then you get to upload the video and then you're like oh shit yeah i've got to spend time making a nice thumbnail i've got to pick the perfect title which obviously i now i picked the title beforehand but then writing the description and like thinking of like how to jam in as many keywords as possible without being spammy uh, and then doing the tags and all that stuff like that stuff honestly takes like two hours i'd say yep. like I i spend a lot of time on thumbnails now um, just trying so to make them look, look yeah. pretty you're, so.
0: you're looking at about 60 hours for a video yeah. Run, right? Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of questions, uh, mm-hmm. one quick one just because I'm curious, what is the app or software you use to make fretboard diagrams, is there something that you can just download?
1: Yeah, it's literally called fretboard diagrams oh, and is it free? Yeah. Um, I don't think so, I think it's maybe like $20 or something it's a really um, it looks so dated I don't like oh. using it, but it, right. it does the job. Yeah. Cool. Awesome.
0: Um, I feel like my coffee's not kicked in. I'm just like forgetting every question I'm going to ask <laughs> you right now. Uh, oh, man. I've lost it. I, I'd taken a note. I was like, fretboard diagram. Make sure to, th- right. to check up on that. What was the thing? So you were talking about workflow. So, all right, cool. So have you considered ever hiring someone to do your editing? or, like, yeah. something, like, making it quicker. Because I've hired people to edit, uh, well, like, one podcast so far, but then also, like, some chart and stuff if I need it done really quick for, like, the band or something. I remember there's one track, I was like, oh, I really want this done by, like, tomorrow. And I went on Fiverr, and someone done it, <laughs> right like tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, well, for back then. And, yeah, have you considered ever, like, employing someone or having someone to work closely with you to do the YouTube thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I i've I've often thought about that i just don't know what the logistics of, of actually doing that would be i guess i'd have to probably just rely on them to actually just cut up the footage and then if they could send that to me then i would have to add in like the fretboard diagrams and add in the tab and all that stuff because describing that to someone that potentially wouldn't play guitar would just be a bit of a nightmare um and i also don't know how like how time coming time-consuming it would actually be to describe what I wanted to this person
0: yeah
1: uh, you know and there'd probably be like back and forth like you know of them like sending me different drafts and stuff so I wonder if it would actually be worth the worth the worth the time that I, I don't know how much time I would actually save from doing it maybe yep. I'll try it out for fun sometime just yeah like just on an a, easier
0: video like just yeah find someone I think the reason I'm asking is because you know Jens Larson,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So
0: he, at least I'm, I th- I think he still has someone, but he had employed someone to start editing his videos. Mm-hmm. And again, that's another page that I would suggest checking out
1: if you've, if anybody's, yeah. Not checked I was out just Jans gonna Larson. say, um, yeah, like he's that's one, one of my videos.
0: Yeah, he's like probably my favorite uh, educator within the the kind of jazz field, but yeah. Again, Ross, I've just forgotten what I was saying to you. <laughs> <laughs> man, so yeah, this, this is ridiculous. Um, what, what I need it in my about? veins. What was I just saying,
1: man? I'm bad as well. Like I'm, I'm. I you know, I'm. I'm usually are... on this. I don't know yeah. what is.
0: Maybe it's this, like coronavirus
1: is getting at me or something. It's yeah, affected my memory, it,
0: man. Um, oh, if you're listening, I'm so sorry right now. It's, but just, just air. bear with us. Uh, anyway. Oh, editing. So cool. Be... Great. We're back. Yeah. On yeah. That. Editing. <laughs> yeah. yeah so edit. he he has someone who must understand what he's talking about. Maybe a okay. student of his or yeah. something. So, you know, I'm sure there are people out there who would, you know, be up for it. I'm not yeah. even going to suggest myself because I recently <laughs> just got Final Cut and I'm like, I have no idea how to use it.
1: Right. I. You know, I I just, want, when I got Final Cut, I think I learned 90% of what I i use it for uh, by watching like a 30 minute tutorial on youtube all right um i can't remember what specific tutorial that was but yeah it was it was just like half an hour long you learn all the basic shortcuts and stuff and um that's you know like i said 90 of of what i learned about it was was from that and then obviously as you go on you learn more advanced things like color grading and um yeah, just little bits and pieces there, but here and there. But it's not, uh, it's not too hard to use once you, you know, watch a couple of tutorials.
0: Cool. So the online market for uh, guitarists is incredibly saturated now. Mm-hmm. It has been for a while. And I think part of what also makes your case so, I think, interesting is that you've still managed to kind of break through into that community despite it being 2020. And everybody's mm-hmm. tried it at some point and a lot of people have failed it. So I'm just wondered what do you think it takes in twenty twenty to like start I'm not I'm not necessarily meaning like making money from this, but like to start building a presence on YouTube. Like how how difficult do you think it is in twenty twenty? Or do you think there's still room? Um
1: It's a hard question to answer.
0: But because I think I, no. the, the average The average person who sorry Ross no 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 go go ahead go ahead Ah, okay the average person who like maybe considering this is probably in a situation where they're either working on something already like maybe they're doing music or they have a job and it's like do you think they can find an extra sixteen hours a week to edit a video for Mm. example because you put a lot of work into them and that's part of what makes it so great. And as someone coming into this, you know, for me, that sixteen hours would probably look like twenty-four hours because I don't know all the shortcuts and like the right the workflow. Sure. So yeah, it's like a huge learning curve, and I I personally do think there's space in twenty twenty for people to get involved because there's so many other ways of presenting information. Like look at Rick Beato, like how did he manage to get famous on YouTube? Because he's so good at what he does. Mm -hmm. It's like there there's always room. But what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think there I think there is always going to be room. It's just um I think I I I maybe answered this in the Q&A video I did recently, but I think I said that I mean your focus first and foremost should be like being good at your craft, playing guitar and uh after that your priority is well basically yeah your list of priority is like one like make sure that like you are the best guitar player that you can be like constantly um and then after that you want to focus on focus your efforts on uh you know building a following so yeah you have to ask yourself like is my priority to be a social media influencer or is it to to be a good guitar player um so yeah just just make sure that you that you don't if you if you do decide to get into youtube or or instagram with career goals um that's fine to do i like a lot of people say like oh if you're going into youtube with the intention of like making money like you're never going to get you're never going to get anywhere i don't think that's necessarily true like you can have like a, a nice balance of being creative and then also pursuing it as a source of income uh, I'm probably veering like wildly off topic here, uh, so just tell yeah, me if you need me. You're to great, make, man. You're great. Just keep in. going. Um, yeah, I've forgotten there, what you were saying. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to to keep focused. So yeah, get, there get there the is coffee. space. Yeah, there is space for for new people on YouTube. Definitely, there always will be. Um, but yeah, if if you're thinking about doing it full time, then uh make sure that you're also like doing creative things outside of youtube as well like one of the reasons that i feel like i kind of got that i kind of distanced myself from actually practicing guitar was that i just um the only gigs i would play would be like wedding wedding band stuff and then uh aside from that, my work was making youtube lessons so it was all for someone else um and I think you need to play guitar for you as well. So make sure you're also doing that if you decide to go into YouTube for with career goals or intentions. Um Yeah, I don't know if I have like a, a wise answer for that or if I'm just No, end that's up all fantastic
0: stuff. No, absolutely. And I think regardless of what it is you pursue in music, even if it means going to university, always make time for the stuff you wanna do within mm-hmm. music you know if yeah. if you got into music because you love just playing like sweet child of mine mm-hmm. that's cool and if you go to totally. uni and they start teaching you like how to practice your scales don't forget why you got into music oh 100 yeah yeah because like I, for me it's like if i wasn't doing what i like to do in music every day then it does just start to feel like work i guess yeah even though i absolutely absolutely love the work i do i wouldn't change it for the world but if i'm not creating for myself as selfish as it may be that like that's my thing and i need to do it to keep sane
1: yeah no i i totally agree with with what you said if like if you got into to music for like you said because you loved sweet child of mine and then you get to uni and you you start learning things that you're not necessarily so interested in um that's an interesting thing because i feel like when i went to study at uni uh i learned to appreciate other styles of music so much more i kind of went in as just really a fan of like rock and blues music but i've come to appreciate country pop um soul um jazz from a distance like not as an actual jazz player but uh yeah i've, I've come to appreciate i've learned to appreciate other styles of music but i think at the same time when you're at uni you almost feel like pressured into liking like new things maybe from like both lecturers and also like your peers like i feel like uh, there's a lot of music students out there that um controversial opinion i think like snarky puppy and wolfbeck both great bands fantastic bands but i'm sure there are so many music students out there that are like oh i absolutely love snarky puppy i love listening to wolfbeck all the time they just say that because they want to fit in with like their their peers, they like it. I don't know. Like those are two just like the bands that make me think of being a music student.
0: Dude, same here. Like I, right? I actually didn't listen to Snarky Puppy for like years until someone recently says, "No, you should check out their new album," yeah. and I did, and it was great. But when I hear them it just makes me like their older stuff. It just reminds me of being at uni and like people playing yeah. bad versions of what about me? Like, <laughs> da, 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 <laughs> yeah, it was da, me. Da, da. Yeah. And it's like, it's yeah. it's a cool song and all that, but it's a, it's a shame that, uh, it's like the music students band, but in a way I have to be honest and say that if I wasn't exposed to that music, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now because it mm-hmm. has like pulled me into a, a world of music that I wasn't aware of. Right. But you do have to be honest with yourself and, think you know like do i really dig jazz or does it just sound cool because my teacher can play it pretty well right you know, i think there are a lot of people who like especially within jazz it's like they they call themselves a jazz guitar player and like that's mm-hmm. a thing and it's like it must mean to them that they're of a certain caliber potentially right. and i think it's all nonsense like like uh, what sorry i guess it's not nonsense but what i'm trying to say is you you have to be honest with yourself and if you don't actually like a certain thing but it's cool like neil soul or something right it's like just be honest if that's not your thing then that's cool do your thing if that means playing oasis yeah play oasis stick to
1: your guns absolutely man
0: yeah yeah sweet that's probably a good place to start Uh, start and finish whatever life is just confused (laughs) right (laughs) now
1: have we not started recording yet no 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 <laughs>
0: No, I'm I I've recorded, I've recorded. But no, that's that's probably a good place to cap up. And yeah, so again, congrats on a hundred K. That's just Thanks, a huge, man. huge milestone. I'm sure you'll uh you'll be at 150 in no time. And yeah, if you're listening, and you've not checked out Ross's page, then absolutely do it. He's got two courses out, uh bulletproof guitar player. Mm-hmm. and i guess before we finish ross why don't you uh why don't you sell those courses to us tell us what they're about
1: oh man a sales pitch okay here we go uh so <laughs> is this scripted guitar- yeah <laughs> wait let me just yeah. <laughs> um so bulletproof guitar player is all about this sounds so cliche because everyone does it but it's about fundamental music theory for guitar and I with every like theory concept that I teach in those courses I make an effort to actually demonstrate it on the guitar and I'm very selective about what I choose to teach because I think there's a lot of theory out there that if you're wanting to be a quote unquote popular music guitarist if you want to be like a session player be a working professional and be proficient in a lot of different styles there's a lot of things that you just don't really need to know about theory that um that people kinda say that you do need to know. Like, um I am never gonna use a Locrian mode in my life. Like I I just I just don't think I ever will. Um so actually I do teach lo <laughs> I'm getting so off track here. I do teach Locrian in my course because uh just for context about modes and stuff, but um I, I make an effort to just choose things that I think are actually relevant to to becoming a proficient professional guitar player so that's um that was the worst sales pitch i've ever heard in my life but uh yeah (laughs) sign up to my website
0: it's great go check it out unless you want to play minor seven flat five chords (laughs) (laughs) awesome oh man right